Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Tim and Hillary, our social media coordinator, with another Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. And today we're talking about quarantine tanks. How you doing today, Woo-hoo. Hillary? Doing good. Doing good. Sitting here drinking my coffee in my uh, Dr. Tim's coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect way like to start that. today. Yes. Um, so quarantine tanks. If you uh, are a gambler, you don't use them. And more than likely, you'll lose. Especially with the saltwater uh, fish, they just seem to be, in my opinion, uh, more susceptible. I mean, it's getting better because less and less are wild caught and the aquaculture and saltwater fish don't seem to have as many of uh, the disease problems. But still, I'm a firm believer in quarantine tanks, even to the extent of uh, freshwater fish in the lab here. Mm-hmm. We quarantine new arrivals. We don't put them into the test. We don't put them in our display tanks. They all go into a quarantine system, freshwater or saltwater fish. Nice. Yeah. I, I too am a firm believer of quarantine. I don't know. I just, over the years, the different fish stores that I've worked in, like I, there's no way a fish would be going in my system, any of my systems until after it was quarantined. Right. So the purpose of quarantine, you've got your main tank You've spent a lot of time, of course, a lot of money and effort setting it all up. If you just are at the store and you see this fish, it's on your got to have list and you, you take that urge and you buy it and you just plop it in the tank, that fish could definitely be a carrier of parasites, of bacteria, diseases, of viruses, all sorts of things. And I think anybody that's been in this hobby and has violated the quarantine rule will tell you, I'd say 99% chance you're going to have a bad experience. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, like you talk about, you know, putting fish in, but really I feel like it only takes like a couple of drops of water, like transferring water in between tanks. Like even that can cause it. Like it doesn't have to be a lot. No, it, it doesn't. It's fish, it's corals, uh, really anything. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, a strict lab that I used to run, there were each tank had its own nets. Each, you know, you didn't go with your hands, which you wore gloves from, from one tank to another without disinfecting because all this stuff, like you're saying, just a little bit of water can move to another tank and the, something there, a fish is susceptible and it just wipes the whole thing out. Yep. Rather not risk it. We you invest a whole bunch of money and time and effort into all of this. I don't know. It just seems to me better to play it safe. Right. And even, um, you know, when I was um, at Marineland and we had a huge fish room, what I found was in the summertime, certain live foods, like the, the worms, which came oh. out of terrible conditions, uh, we weren't thinking about that. We didn't quote quarantine against that. And we would start experiencing wipeouts. So in the okay. summertime, we stopped feeding live food like that. Oh. Just, and, and it solved the problem. We just did, we eliminated that because how do you quarantine live you know, worms and things like that it was just too difficult. So we stopped feeding live foods. You know, it's funny you mentioned that when I first got into the hobby back when I lived in South Carolina, I had an apartment right on the marsh and I had a little burr fish, a little puffer fish. And I would go out to the marsh 
and collect food for him because he loved fiddler crabs and I could get those. And I'm fairly certain that was his downfall because I, you know, just who knows what was out there in the marsh. Yep. I think I introduced something and learned my lesson the hard way. Yep. So let's talk about a quarantine tank, a setup. It doesn't have to, the good news is it does not have to be complicated. Okay? No. Um, I recommend it. If you get five fish, you need to quarantine all five fish. So people will say, well, what size tank? Well, are you going to be quarantining a lot of fish all the time? Are you going to do one fish at a time? It really depends upon the, the number of fish. Uh, I think a 20 gallon tank is, is plenty in my opinion, but again, it just depends on your individual situation. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Like how big of a tank? I think my quarantine tank was 30 gallons. Yeah. But yeah. One th- yeah. One thing to remember, I mean, why, why size of the tank is important is because you're, if you're going to be adding medications, whatever it is, the larger the tank, the more medication you're going to have to add because you're treating in a, in a grams or milligrams per liter or, or, you know, per gallon. And so if you have just say, I'm going to get a 50 gallon quarantine tank, but it's for a small fish, you've got to treat 50 gallons of water with all these treatments, you have to get up to a therapeutic dose. And so with a larger tank volume, that means you're actually putting more of the medicine in there do you really need to do that? Yeah. So once you have the tank, put it someplace where there's not a lot of traffic. Uh, you don't really need a lot of light, but you are, are going to need enough light or a flashlight, something to observe the fish. You have to observe the fish during the quarantine period yes. uh, carefully. You just can't put it in there and then not, really pay attention to it no that's a good point i think you should be observing your fish fairly closely on a regular base anyway so just consider this an extension of what you would normally do right but i like i like to actually get in in in, and with a flashlight and really look well because then you can see are the scales raised do you have a parasite on there I don't know that many people are going to do, you know, gill uh, scrapings. So, you know, how do the gills look? Just um, the fish is really going to tell you how it's doing if you look at it. Yep. Yeah. So what quarant- what is quarantine? Quarantine is having a separate system, a separate tank that has, we're going to go through this, uh, a basic setup, very much different than your display tank. And I prefer um, glass aquarium. Uh, it needs to have filtration. You want to be able to add activated carbon, but you want to definitely be able to remove it. You know, whatever your activated carbons, uh, if it's a filter pad or whatever it is, bag, you need to be able to remove it from the system. Aeration. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't like air stones because they bubble at the top and call uh, cause salt spray, but you definitely are going to need aeration. And that's usually an air stone is good because you're going to be possibly treating these fish and that causes stress. So you want to make sure you have a good oxygen level in the system. 
Yep. I don't typically have air stones on my tank, but my quarantine tank always has an air stone. Cause I think too, that there's medications out there that, um, will in some way cause the oxygen to be used up a little bit more and they encourage you to add air stones. So that definitely. Yeah. Yep. You, you definitely, uh, there are um, some medications that's, that have an oxygen demand alone. And, and so you need to have supplemental aeration. Um, as I say, I, I prefer to set the tank up where there's not a lot of traffic because you're bringing in a new fish. It's not settled down. And one thing you'll see is you can't have a lot of decorations. We'll go over that. But in a quarantine tank, because me the medications can be removed by calcareous-based substances like coral substrate, coral sand, live rock, those types of things, you're not going to be able to put those in your tank. You want very simple hiding you know, spots where they can hide, but you have to be able to get the fish. Maybe you were going to have to, well, you have to net the fish because you're going to be moving it from your quarantine tank to your display tank. And you don't want to have to tear the whole system apart, plus stress the fish so much chasing it around. Yeah. Uh, another reason not to oversize the aquarium, you know, for the quarantine tank. Yep. A lot of people use um, uh, PVC pipe. That's okay. fine. Uh, there, there's different substances you can use, but PVC pipes just or, or fittings that are big enough that the fish can get in and hide are good. I like to have some, I've got some PVC pieces, just like spares from when you're plumbing a new tank or whatever. But then I also have some, just like one or two fake plants in there, but I don't, I don't have them in any of my other systems, but just a little bit of something. It's easy to take out and clean if I need to. And uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Plus the fish, you know, if you're doing seahorses, which are terrible for parasites, uh, they've got some place to hide. Think about the fish that you're actually having your quarantine system and what it needs. And, yep. and don't just think about the bottom. Not all fish are at the bottom. So you need to have something vertical up into the water column. Exactly. So there, there are some, uh, some stones and rocks and slate that you can use. Just make, make it so it's easy to remove so that you can clean the tank because you're going to want to clean it between um, quarantines. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you're going to want, you know, when I'm talking about cleaning, I'm talking about chlorinating it, you know, scrubbing it well, obviously no soap or anything, but you want to clean all this stuff. So you're not transferring disease from, from, you know, one quarantine period to another. So, but this, this brings up, since you have a bare minimum of substrate and decorations, biological filtration. Yes. Uh, and, and as we note in our one and only live nitrifying bacteria and the labels, setting up a quarantine tank takes longer to get the biofilter going because there's not a lot of surface area there for the bacteria. Mm -hmm. um, sponges can work, but you got to get the bacteria into the sponge. So you need to have a strong uh water pump that's forcing the water and stirring up the water and then forcing it through the sponge so the bacteria can get into the sponge. Um, 
which means that you need to set your quarantine tank up several weeks before you have your fish. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will, okay, I got a new fish. I'll grab a five gallon or a 10 gallon tank and I'll put it in there and we'll go from there. And then they, they start the quarantine process. Well, the quarantine process is hard on the nitrifying bacteria and it's hard on the fish. And so you end up with elevated levels of ammonia, which are now stressing the fish even further, which leads it to being susceptible to diseases. So you've got this uh, bad circle that you're going in. Exactly. You know, when I'm first, like when I first set up a quarantine tank or if it's, you know, I've gone through a cycle and I've cleaned it and I'm like resetting it back up. I like to some of those decorations or whatever, or even at the very beginning before I know I'm putting fish in there, I almost always have some live rock or some sort of spare media in one of my other tanks. And I'll put that in the quarantine tank for a little while to help get, help get it started and reseeded. Right. So you just, you need to think about that. And once you've set up and established your quarantine tank, used it, then re you know get it set up again even if you're not sure you're going to have any fish in it you can keep it running and just add some drops of ammonia to keep the biofilter going and you, or or put the biofilter in a smaller body of water but it it shouldn't cost you too much and it's going to save you a lot of headaches to have that quarantine tank ready plus we're, when we're talking about getting a new fish Maybe something happens in your display tank where a fish isn't looking good. It's been picked on. It's not eating. You know, something's going on. If you can catch it soon enough, you can net that fish out of the tank, put it in the quarantine tank because it's already ready. It's established and see how it is. You'll give it time to recoup. Maybe you have to do a treatment. Um, you know, you can catch it maybe before things spread to the other fish and, and organisms in your display tank. So there's use for the quarantine tank is not just new fish. It can be what's basically a hospital tank for fish that are already in your system that need to be treated. Exactly. You know, this isn't quite one of the things that was on our topics to talk about, but, you know, we're talking about a specific separate tank for quarantine, but you can also have I like to call them timeout tanks or timeout boxes that like, if you're introducing a new fish into your tank, it's, it's not like a full on separate quarantine tank, but it's like a container. Some people call them um, howdy boxes howdy to boxes. like, <laughs> you know, when you introduce a, or a re putting a fish back into a tank, or if a fish has been a bully, putting them in like a timeout box inside the main tank. So it's still in there, but it's kind of, in still a sense, like quarantined away from everybody that it can't be mean and can't be a bully. So there's also, I guess, that yeah. way of quarantining a fish too. Yes. So we have the tank, uh, minimal decorations, uh, no subs, really no substrate, or because we're we were last time about biofilter, what you can do is put a single layer of marbles. Oh. glass works out really well bacteria like it so you can put just one layer of marbles on the bottom and add the nitrifying bacteria and the marbles you can disinfect when you clean the tank it's real easy put them in a net 
you know, or, or just a, a, you know, big cup and you can chlorinate them. They're easy to clean. They're easy to capture. It's not like you've got to uh, take a bunch of you know, sand out of the tank. So marbles yeah. are a good substrate uh, for the bacteria, for the nitrifying bacteria. It's a good idea. Thank you. Um, so now water temp, now the water temp may vary because uh, some of the disease organisms have a life cycle and the life cycle is faster when the water temperature is higher, but you've got to make sure that the fish can tolerate that temperature. Yes. And it's the same with salinity. You'll, you'll read on the, the internet, which, you know, is a great purveyor of half truths that, um, you know, go, go, go with a lower salinity for the fish because the osmotic pressure of the, you know, the fresher, the water, the bacteria, the parasites can't survive. And that's true to a certain extent, but it's not true for all bacteria. It's not true for all parasites. And more importantly, not all saltwater fish can tolerate a lower salinity for a long period of time. Now, out of curiosity, when you say lower salinity, how low is low? Well, again, it depends on the fish. You know, you even, we can talk about this, like a freshwater dip. Now that's no salinity basically. So what a freshwater dip is, is before you put the fish in the quarantine tank, you take it out of the bag and you put it in a bucket of fresh water, dechlorinated fresh water. This is your saltwater fish going into fresh water. And they can t most fish can tolerate that for a short period of time. And the idea is that this extreme change from salt to fresh will cause the microorganisms you know, bacteria, viruses, parasites that are on the outside of the fish to basically explode because of the salinity difference. Yep. And that is true, but you cannot do this for more than, depending on the fish, a, a couple of minutes, uh, unless yeah. you have a, an adramus fish, which most people aren't keeping striped bass or salmon in their tank. So um, you need to then, so then go into the quarantine I like to keep it at about, you know, 24, but again, it depends on, on, on the fish. Some fish uh, just can't stand, you know, stand that low salinity, you know, 34 parts per thousand being full strength seawater. Can you get down to 20 or 24? And it's not a complete treatment. There are plenty of bacteria. Uh, I mean, our, our, our saltwater nitrifiers do quite well in fresh water. People didn't believe it, but it's true. We've, we've shown it. And, and that, so there's one right there that, that does quite well. Now the freshwater guys don't do so well in saltwater, but the saltwater bacteria do fine in freshwater. Um, so it's not a complete treatment. It's, it's not perfect, but it can help. But I, I wouldn't go any lower than maybe 24 parts per thousand. But that's just my, my experience. And I haven't uh, kept every fish that's out there. Uh, I, it's a question I always like to ask people when they're like, oh, I lo lowered my salinity because there's sometimes like one of the stores that I worked at, they had us drop it 
solo and I would, it would always make me so nervous, but nine times out of 10, we always saw results and fish got better. So right. still doing that. In say, my yeah. yeah. The, the, there's kind of a inverse relationship between the lower, the salinity, the more you have to be right there to see yes. if the fish starts to get stretched. It's not something where you can lower the salinity and then walk away you know, or let it be overnight without observing it. So if you're going to go for a low salinity, be there and, and be observing the fish and you'll see it, it starts to stress. It's going to go on its side. You'll notice it, that it's yeah. stressed. And then you need to, to get the fish out of there. Yeah. Uh, for, so we've gone over the tank. Salt, the salt, I mean, you need a quality salt, but you don't have to use any special salt because basically you're going to be throwing that water away when you're done. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then for how long? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, because it really depends on if the fish breaks out in quarantine with a bacteria or parasite infection, to me, that starts the clock over, you know, yes. 10 days in and then it breaks out. Well, you're back to day zero. I like to do about uh, six weeks. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into the longer, uh, a 10 or 14 day quarantine. I know you want to get that fish in there, but I just not to me enough time. You need at least my experience at least four weeks five weeks is better get and get the fish eating right now they don't have any competition and, and you can get them uh not fat but you can get them you know eating well you can get them healthy get the color they're feeling better um and i just think a, a little bit longer in the in the long term you know long run it's going to be better to give the fish an extra week or two in quarantine yep no, I, I fully agree. I like to, you know, from the first start of the clock, you put them in there. If you see something, the clock, like you said, restarts. And then, you know, I almost like to restart the clock, like after I stop seeing any signs of anything and then just give it, you know, two or three weeks after that point. That way I know, hey, we're not going to have relapses. We're doing good. Right. And, uh, you know, how do you know it's, you know, it's over? Well, you know, it's not just 35 days or 28 days or whatever. It's, is the fish eating well? Are there any signs of bacteria diseases? Are there any signs of parasites? Um, again, observing the fish, they're going to tell you. If they're not eating, if they're hiding all the time and just, uh, you know, fins are clamped and shimmering, there's something wrong. They're not ready to go back into your uh, display tank. That's a good point. It, observing and watching to make sure and see what its behavior is. Right. And now the, you know, big central topic is what you, you've got the tank set up. You've got the salinity salt. It's all ready. You've freshwater dipped. Now the fish is in the tank. What do you do? Do you prophylactically, so do you treat just to get ahead of anything or do you wait to see if something breaks out? I feel like that's always a tricky question and it varies it, depending it, on who it, you talk yeah, to. Yeah, it is, it is a tricky question because you, you don't know. You, you know, sometimes, and, and the problem 
is Dr. Tim's famous saying, the problem is um, most hobbyists aren't going to know what the fish has in yes. terms of, is it a bacterial problem? And that's one set of treatments. It is a, is it a parasite? And that's another set of treatments or is it viral? That's a third set of treatments. And most people, you know, you, you just don't have the equipment, the training, um, to know. So what I do like to do with saltwater fish is put copper into the tank. Copper does help. Copper at the therapeutic levels will not kill the nitrifying bacteria. It will, it will slow their reproduction so that it slows their ability to convert ammonia or nitrite but it won't kill them. Uh, so you just have to be careful and not feed uh, as much. Also, don't let the uneaten food sit around. Yes. And, and, and what if you have, I prefer a hang on style filter in my quarantine tank where you take the intake and you get it down low so that you can get stuff off the bottom oh. and then, and then take that filter pad and rinse it daily. You know, all this material is being trapped on the filter pad. You can take it over to the sink. Don't worry about chlorinating your biofilter somewhere else and rinse and get that stuff out of there. That's a good point. Um, and then uh, that also, um, if you're cl siphon cleaning the bottom, uh, that's removing a little water. So if you're doing a copper treatment, you have to keep the levels at the, you know, constant therapeutic dose yes. and that helps. Now I would Next, recommend like if you're doing copper, you should have a good test kit so that you know exactly where you're at. Like if you do a water change, like, all right, how much more do I need to add and stuff yeah, like that? Okay. Yeah. You don't want to be just shooting from the hip with the, with the copper. Uh, and then, I evaluate the source. If the fish is coming from the wild, it's you've just gotten it from a store who got it from a wholesaler who had it shipped in somewhere. That fish is pretty stressed. And that it means there's a higher chance of that fish breaking out with something. Yes. So you might want to consider a prophylactic where you, you treat without really knowing or seeing, seeing that anything's happened. Um, if you're getting the fish from uh, maybe a breeder or one of these aquaculture places, the chances are pretty good they're keeping their stock clean. It's not perfect, but if they're reputable, they're Hopefully, I've never visited any of these places, but they're hopefully cleaning their systems. I used to run a hatchery uh, for hybrid striped bass for food, for aquaculture. And when we switched out a tank, we chlorinate and clean that tank be between every batch be because it's poor husbandry to just let things build up. You get slime on the wall, slime on the filter, and that's where these bacteria like to live. So hopefully these... Uh, aquaculture facilities are doing that same thing where they're keeping their systems clean. And so there's less chance of the fish being stressed. And so having 
um, uh, being susceptible to disease and you can observe it. If the fish is eating, that's great. Yes. And uh, I'll put a plug in here for our, for our do it yourself, beneficial fish food. One of the nice things about that is that it's easy to make your own medicated food. It's, yes. it's, it's, well, basically I think it's impossible now to buy medicated food plus a, a pellet or a flake food that's been sitting on a shelf with a bunch of medication is probably not any good. Uh, so there's recipes out there to make your own medicated food with our beneficial fish food. Once you add the food to the water, you know, the, the boiling water, stir it, let it cool down and then add the medication, pour it in the trays. And now you've just made a tray of medicated food and follow directions. You can find these on uh, vet sites and things like that. Don't over dose the medication because a lot of it's unpalate, you know, not very palatable. And so the mm -hmm. fish won't eat it because they can taste it. Yep. Um, but a great thing to do is feed medicated food because that gets you into know, the fish internally and helps fight bacteria. I am a big, big fan of medicating through food, actually. And I'm going to do a self-plug if you don't know how to make these foods, go to Marine Depot's website, go to Waterlogged on YouTube. And I just released a video on how to make them. And so, Perfect. you know, based on what you've heard here, you can figure out exactly at what point you need to add the medication in. And I've got so much experience with my cowfish getting sick and, you know, getting him better because I've used medicated foods. It, it just works. Yep, Fantastic. Head over there and you can, uh, and, and Hillary will show you how to do it. And then, so, so you're feeding medicated food. Now, do you treat the whole tank, you know, even though it's 10 or 20 gallons? That's one way to do it. Um, I prefer to do what's called dips. And, and because if you're going to treat the cold quarantine tank with any type of, of medicine, medicine, you are stressing the fish. The, a lot of these medicines stress the fish and the stressed fish is more susceptible to disease. So one way to do this is what's what, what, what is called a bath. And so you're going to take the medication and put it in a separate one gallon. It depends the size of, your, of, of the fish but you need a small amount that you put at a high concentration. And you, another reason not to have all these decorations, you net your fish out of your quarantine tank and you move it to the dip or the bath and you put it in there. This is in salt water and you put it in there for just a little bit of time. And it depends on the medication you're using, but you put the fish in there for, five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe, maybe 30 minutes, depending mm -hmm. at the super high concentration. So you're really hitting the, the disease organism at a high concentration, which is the best thing to do. And then moving the fish back into the quarantine tank and seeing, you know, observing how it's doing. Yes. That is, in my opinion, a better way than just adding a bunch of antibiotics to the quarantine tank because most antibiotics are going to kill the nitrifying bacteria. So now you, 
going to have to be changing water because you've killed the biofilter. So you're doing a lot of work. And did you even have a bacterial disease? You're not sure. Uh, so it's much harder and it's more work where you could dip the fish in an antibiotic treatment. You could dip the fish in a parasitic treatment and you still have the quarantine tank where you're observing the fish and feeding the fish and seeing how it's doing before you take drastic, a drastic course of action. Makes sense. Now here's a question for you. So we have product first defense. Could you use that at all in any stage of quarantine? Would you recommend putting them, putting some first defense in the quarantine when you first put them in while you're observing? Yes, I definitely recommend the first defense. Uh, it is a number of different vitamins which help the fish and an immunostimulant, which basically is stimulating the immune system to go out and look for invaders. The, the problem with uh, many of these bacterial, you know, pathogenic bacteria is they have what's called quorum sensing. And basically they go into this stealth mode in the blood system where the, this happens in humans too, where your, you know, the body, the fish body, your body doesn't know they're there until these pathogenic organisms get to a certain population level. And then they basically quorum sense where they release this molecule that tells them all to take the shields off and now they're there and they appear. And by that time, they're outnumbering your immune system and it leads to diseases. So actually one uh, course of study to help prevent human diseases is ways to prevent these bacteria from quorum sensing. Because if they can't quorum sense, they can't become virulent you know, to you. And that's the same. Well, that's kind of what we're trying to do here with the, the fish is turn on the immune system before the bacteria get the upper hand. Yes. If, if you spend any time observing your fish, which is the whole reason to have them, so you have, you know <laughs> that when you get a new fish, most cases – it isn't the first day. The fish swims around. It's looking great. Everything's fine. It's feeding. And then I've read it hundreds of times. Everything was great. You know, I had my fish for three or four days and now it's dead. What happened? Well, the bacteria got the upper hand. And by the time you see the fish covered in fuzz, or by the time you see the fish in the upper corner, shimmying, its fins are all clamped. It's, you know, it's, it's too late for most people because you need to do a dip. You need to maybe even do an antibiotic injection. You know, it's just, uh, you got to go into an emergency room treatment and that's just not possible for many people. Yeah. So definitely add the first defense in the beginning uh, mm -hmm. and, and add it actually daily. You can't really overdose. You don't want to always have an immune stimulant in there, but you're just doing the quarantine for a you know certain period of time. You don't have to add it every day, but you definitely want to give the fish an upper hand and internally stimulating its immune system is a good thing to do during quarantine. That's a good yep. question. Thanks for remembering that, Hiller. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of first defense. <laughs> it's one and, of those and, products that I always have on hand, no matter what, like yeah. it's always there. 
yeah, it's it's a great. It, there's like I say, the vitamins do a lot of things. There's a lot of antioxidants and vitamins, and they're just uh, what what you need in the water. And the nice thing about saltwater fish is because they're always drinking the water, they can get that vitamins into their systems again internally, and that really helps is to get this the medications in, like with the food and stuff internally to because so, you don't want to have the the body organs infected once they're infected you know nobody's doing a kidney transplant on a fish actually i think, think somebody else. did that kind of koi but the koi was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah yeah um so now you've gone through the 30 32 days since you've last seen anything the fish is eating real well Success. Now you can move it into your display tank. What do you do with the quarantine tank? Well, as I said many times, I prefer that you chlorinate it. Uh, just, just the whole thing. You know, it's it's just safer to just quarantine, chlorinate the whole system, the biofilter, the marbles, the plastic plants, airstone, just everything. Just uh, treat it all as if it's got, you know, stage four bacteria in there or something like that. Uh, and then uh, rinse it all off and set it up again and then restart the biofilter. Just a little bit of ammonia, just every few days. Remember, you're only going to have hopefully one or two. You know, you're not quarantining a, a whole bunch of fish uh, in there. And so you, you don't need a huge biofilter and you're ready to go. Should you get the urge or if you've got to move something from your uh, display tank into it, you're ready to go. Preparation is what's most important. You're prepared so you can deal with things. Yes. Uh, Be less stressful for you in the long run. If you've already got something up and running and ready, you're not like, oh, I've got to go to the store and buy a tank and I've got to this and that. Right. And I'm sure as Hillary can tell you, all the bad events happen at the worst time. <laughs> they, they, they don't happen Saturday afternoon when you're just chilling. No, it's Friday night at 10 o'clock, you know, something happens or you, you come home from being out at night on a Saturday night and you look at your tank and go, oh, what happened? What's wrong? You know, and now you've got to go into panic mode. <laughs> it's never at a convenient time. Never at a convenient time. Not that it's convenient, but it's just never at, a, yeah, it's the stores are closed. You can't get a hold of any of your buddies. You, you're on your own and the panic sets in. Yep. Uh, so uh, being prepared, having a quarantine tank and the materials there is uh, very important. Exactly. Now, I do want to mention, we haven't gone through because it's we were talking about the tank and the setup. We didn't mention how to treat. And that's really something that depends in terms of what specific medications. There's a long list, and that's not something that we're going to delve in. If you have a friend that's a, a vet that can help you, some experienced people, that's going to be better than just us giving you a list of formulas on what things and, to use. And two, I think a lot of it depends, you know, even on availability, like what, what's near you, what are you able to find some places? Right. And there are antibiotics out there, but like everything else these days, be careful about cheap medications. 
Yes. Um, unfortunately, there are unethical people out there that will uh, that are selling stuff that aren't that aren't the right doses, aren't the right concentrations, that have been adulterated. Deal with a reputable source uh, when you're when you're buying your medication. Someone you know, someone who has experience, someone you can check out with other uh, hobbyists to make sure. And it, and if it's a super cheap price, that's just a flashing red flag. Run. Uh, there's there's a reason for that, <laughs> folks. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, I don't mean to put you on the spot for this. Do you know of any good online resources or places people can go um, to find some of this information if they're looking they're like, okay, I think I've got this. I might need to medicate. Where would you recommend that they look? Oh, you did put me on the spot. <laughs> well, while you think, I'll tell people, um, I know that there are fish veterinarians out there. Um, there's one in California. Her name is Dr. Jessie Sanders. She is fantastic. Um, she won't diagnose over the computer or anything, but um, if you call or if you go to her website, I know she's got a bunch of resources for um, vets across the country so that you could look for somebody perhaps in your area and maybe get some better local information. Right. And there's the Florida Fish Farmers Association. And there's also, and if I get this wrong, they're going to be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> the um, F- Florida um, uh, University, it's is it Florida State or University of Florida. Oops, sorry, folks. Um, that has a fish station and they have a lot of publications. They have a lot of vets that work there and they've got a lot of publications on treating your your fish and uh, that's a good source university of north carolina has a good vet school that does a lot of fish work mm-hmm. so you can look um there yeah so there are resources available just take a little bit of time and look for them and see yep maybe steer away from forums and stuff yeah, there's there's a, the internet, you know, the problem there. There's a lot of people out there that haven't any experience with any of this. So, like, you want to know how to make medicated food? Go check out uh, what Hilly was telling you about, you know, how she's going to show you how to do it, people that have experience with this. Yep. All right. So maybe uh, next on the quarantine, if people have questions, we can do a question and answer session. You can send us uh, your questions to our social media um, links or info at drtimsaquatics.com. And we can do another session with answering people's specific questions that we didn't cover in this version of setting up in your quarantine tank. I like that. That's a good idea. And I'm going to go ahead and shout out to um, Reef Palooza in Orlando. It's going to be uh, 15th. So, yeah, next, just, not this weekend, next weekend. Yep. yep. So, uh, if you are in Orlando and you're going, we will be there. So, uh, come by and say hi. Yeah. Doctor, Tell us you heard I'll, the podcast. Yeah, I'll be there. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks very much for listening. We appreciate it. And again, this has been uh, Dr. Tim and Hillary with Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast. Uh, Be safe and have a great day, everyone.